Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Better Than Before podcast here on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm your host, Master Coach Tony Richards, and we're going to cover a couple of topics today that I think will be of interest and another personal update for you. Of course, this is Christmas week. This coming weekend will be Christmas Eve and Christmas. Christmas Day follows on a Sunday this year, which probably means for a lot of you, you'll get another day off on Monday. And at least I hope that's the case. For those of you who have to work through, I understand businesses are trying to be open to be able to allow their customers access to buy stuff through the Christmas weekend as much as possible. It's been a tough year economically and especially tough for retail. So I'm sure there are some businesses that are going to try to squeeze every bit of time out of the weekend they can in order to generate as much revenue as possible because the margins will be tight, revenue will be tight. But I will get into some of that coming up here in just a little bit. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas this weekend, and I hope that you are spending it with people that you love and care about. It's going to be a little sad for me this year, only as sad as I allow it to be, and I'm going to try my best. I'm going to use every trick I teach my clients. Uh, I'm going to use every one of those on myself to try to uh, hold off the sadness of being the first Christmas without my father, thinking about my mom having her first Christmas alone in, gosh, her whole life. She married my dad when she was 17, and they were married 61 years. And, of course, he was always there on Christmas, and they were always together. And so... For 70, I don't know if mom wanted me to tell her age, so it was for 70-something years, she's had someone there with her overnight on Christmas Eve and to wake up with on Christmas morning, and this year that won't be the case. But I will be calling her a lot over the weekend. I, a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I suppose, it was dad's birthday, which was his first birthday not being here. So I called her a lot that weekend, and I'm going to try to call her a lot this weekend. As Oreo and I will be celebrating Christmas here in Columbia, Missouri, just the two of us. No travel for me due to my leg recovery. 
maybe celebrating might be a little bit of a strong verb. We might just be observing Christmas because uh, <laughs> I can't I can't put forth a lot of physical motion or action. So we may just observe Christmas this coming weekend, but it'll be nice. And I hope that you have a nice one wherever you are. And, you know, another thing I wanted to mention about Christmas just before it slips my mind. When I was a little bit of a younger man, I did this, and we always did this when I was a kid growing up, and I don't know if you do it or not, and I certainly, I haven't done it in a long time. I live in a condo complex now, so it's probably not allowed. I haven't checked into it, and I haven't noticed any of my neighbors doing it, but putting lights out on your house, I understand if you don't put it out there. It's a lot of work. And as soon as Christmas is over, you start thinking about taking them down. Although some people I have known in the past have left them up for the entire till next Christmas, right? They just don't turn them on. But here's the thing. And now one of the things that my brother did for my mom right after dad passed away, because it was right after, you know, dad passed away on November 4th. And then we had Thanksgiving and then his birthday was on December 11th. And my brother and I are thinking about things we can do to help mom and keep her occupied and make sure she doesn't just turn into someone who doesn't get out of the house and do stuff or whatever. But he had a great idea. And of course, he has a daughter, which is my mom's granddaughter and my niece. She's seven. So Christmas is still very magical and joyful for her at her age. But they went and picked up my mom, and he also went and picked up his mother-in-law, which is my niece's other grandma on my sister-in-law's side of the family. And normally I don't even call her my sister-in-law because we're so close. I just call her my sister. But they went and they dropped by mom and picked her up and took her out, and they drove around, take a little Christmas light tour, seeing the lights on houses and stuff. And mom really enjoyed that. And I really enjoy it. I, I don't get to get out and do that now. But I see so many on social media that are posted. People do a really great job of posting them, especially the ones that are fairly extravagant. And I'll just say this. It doesn't matter how much or how little display you put out for Christmas, but, and maybe this is just me, but it's a feeling I get. And I wanted to share it with you that when I see lights on people's houses for Christmas, it gives me hope. It makes me think that there is still hope and joy in some people's lives. And that is their way of letting people know that they are celebrating and they are having a nice Christmas and they are setting the tone for the season. So if you put lights out on your house for Christmas, I applaud you. Good job. Because I know it takes time. I know it takes an investment. I know it probably escalates your electric bill a little bit for the month and all of that. But I just want you to know it doesn't go unnoticed. I'll just speak for me, but I'm sure there are others that when they see lights out on people's houses, it just gives them a nice, warm, hopeful feeling about the season. So that's awesome. A physical update. I am back here doing the podcast again, brand new episodes every single week. So I'm improving. I still am not traveling. I'm missing some of my clients' Christmas parties, which I really hate that because my clients work very diligently and very hard all year long. And they've all persevered and had pretty successful years this year in spite of the economic conditions. 
and all of the stuff that they face on a day-to-day basis. And so I miss not being there to watch them celebrate the culmination of all their hard work. And I hate that. But my mindset right now is I'm going to do what I got to do in the short term so I can be fully healthy and fully engaged and fully capable in the long term. So while, yes, I'm going to miss some parties this year. And yes, I'm going to miss going home to be with my family and traveling back to Kentucky and those kinds of things. I have to, well, number one, I'm excited because I have a long running streak of consecutive Thanksgivings. I have never in the period of my life, I have never missed a Thanksgiving with my family. So I was going to miss that this year, but I did make it there mainly because it was our first Thanksgiving without dad. So I kept that streak going. There was a streak there for a while where I did miss Christmas because of weather. And we had a terrible snowstorm here in 2000. I think it was the first full year I lived in Columbia and wasn't able. I made it out on the interstate and I made it to the first exit outside Columbia And I just turned around and went back to my house. It was just so bad on the highways and the roads. Snow was just coming down like crazy. So that was the first Christmas I missed in 2000. And then after that, I didn't go home for Christmas for quite some time. But I always made it for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was my absolutely can't miss holiday. And usually the weather cooperated so I could do that. So that's the thing. I mean, you got to have it in your heart and in your mind that no matter what circumstances present themselves, it's not about, you know, don't get sad and upset if you can't give out gifts to everybody or you can't give out gifts at all. It's really not about that. And I know that's something you say, well, that's easy to say, but I'm just telling you that as you get older, I think you start to appreciate the fact that just being with people that you care about and love or just being here at all is such a thing to have gratitude for that the gift giving part of it kind of fades away. And it's very, very, very secondary or maybe even tertiary to the holiday as compared to being with loved ones and the people that care about you and that you care about. So I have a doctor's appointment this morning. So I get another update on my progress. I think I'm going to get a good update just from the eye test. Everything looks better to me. I'm off the antibiotic again. I just finished up my fourth round of a different antibiotic, just trying to kill the infection once and for all. I'm kind of mixed on that. I'm glad to be off of it because it makes me really, really queasy feeling. It breaks me out, gives me skin rash in some places. But at the same time, I want it to work. I want it to do its job. So I don't have any problem taking it. And I'll go through the queasiness and all of that just to make sure that everything's dead and out of my body. So we'll get an update after being off of that for about five days and see what Dr. Jameson has to say. And I will update you again next week here on the New Year's Week episode of Better Than Before. All right. Onward and upward. It's been a difficult year. Let's talk about the economic conditions right now for business owners and CEOs and executives. Been a tough year. The Fed keeps raising interest rates, which what they're trying to do is they're trying to kill demand. And if you can believe that, you know, that's another thing to be grateful for. We live in a country 
that is so economically prosperous and has so many great opportunities for business that we actually have to try to slow it down at times. We actually have to try to kill it. So the Fed is trying to do two things. They're trying to kill demand to slow down the economy because they're trying to reduce inflation and they're trying to increase unemployment. And so this is the kind of thinking that's going on now is that if we slow the economy way down and businesses start to not perform as well as they've performed in the past, they will have to lay off people that may be considered unnecessary in the moment to go forward. And you've probably read about that or seen that, or if you've been one of those people that have been laid off or you're without a job this holiday season, my heart goes out to you. I'm very empathetic. I'm extremely sorry about that. But it's going to create a lot of opportunities going forward for people because I believe that we will come back. We may have a somewhat soft and mild recession, but I believe we'll come back. And so I think in mid-January, we're going to see earnings start to come out from public companies. And I think we're going to see disappointment there. We're going to see companies in some of the most profitable, typically fourth quarter is usually very profitable, especially it's the most profitable in retail. But I think we're going to see some missed projections and guidance. And I think that's going to send the market down some mid-January. And we're going to see more layoffs. We're going to see more Apples and Amazons and Googles laying off 10 and 20 and 25,000 people as we go forward. And that is the thing that the Fed is trying to do by raising interest rates. And the other day when Jay Powell came out and gave his remarks, well, last week, I suppose, and they had a 50 basis point rate hike, he said that they probably would do 325s next year. Well, that's another 75 points added on. And inflation did come down this month somewhat. So I think they are accomplishing their mission. And we are going to see earnings being missed. We're going to see unemployment rise. And that is going to reset the market where they want it to be. And so back in the pandemic time, back in 2020, when they were injecting all the liquidity into the market with the stimulus checks, and also the business loans that they were doing. Now they're trying to reverse that effect and they're trying to suck out all that extra liquidity, all $13 trillion they injected into the economy, which was way too much. And they did it way too many times. But at the time and in the moment, they're just kind of feeling their way through trying to do the best that they possibly can. And that's what they're doing again. So now they're trying to raise interest rates to suck a lot of that $13 trillion back out. And all of the laying out of jobs and leaving jobs and getting extra large raises at other companies for opportunities, I think that worm is about to turn, and you're going to see the reverse effect. So I'm just throwing that out there for you. If you're an employee, also, we're going to see the reverse effect of what we were seeing in 2020, 2021, and the first part of 2022, we're going to see that go the other way. And you're going to see people who are looking for jobs and they're not going to be as picky. They're going to be a lot more open to doing stuff and for probably less money. 
we'll see how it plays out. That's just my thinking about the way no one knows exactly where this is going. We just have to read the current direction and then make a decent prediction about what that means as far as a destination. So that's just my thought, at least through mid-January. Then again, on February 1st, we're going to have another Fed announcement, which will be maybe the 25 basis point hike, which is, you know, so we're going to get a double whammy there in January and 1st of February, at least as far as the market is concerned. And I think as far as the economy is concerned, missed earnings starting about the mid part of January. Netflix is one of the companies that I personally made an investment in here a while back and kind of went through and talked about that on a podcast. So they have earnings announcement for fourth quarter coming up on January 20th. So we'll start to see the effects of their announcement about the various tiers. You can subscribe to Netflix with their subscriber and ad driven model. And there's just a whole lot going on, folks. It's very, 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 very interesting. All right. I want to talk to you today about journaling. I was on a call the other day. I lead a peer group of consultants that meet every single week all across the United States. And one of them suggested I talk in a coming up session to them, consultants and coaches, about journaling. And it's something that I talk to my clients about all the time. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is because it's coming up on the end of the year. If there's one habit you should begin in 2023, it's journaling. And I'll give you some compelling reasons why on this program and tell you just my overall general framework that I talk to my clients that I coach about journaling. It would make a great Christmas present. If you haven't bought someone something for Christmas and you're trying to figure out what a nice gift would be, a journal. And you can get one for 19 or $20. You can get one for 4 or $5 probably. I usually, the journals that I use on a daily basis, they're leather or at least fake leather. They're kind of thin, but usually one lasts me all year long. I'm looking real quick here. I can't remember since I only get one once a year. I'm trying to remember who I get it from. I order them. And sometimes if I have more than one journal going, so sometimes I have an investing journal going where I'm putting down things that I learn about investing and things that I'm my current thinking every day about what I want to do investment-wise and what my strategy is and things of that nature. And so I'll get a different color is my point there. The cover of the journal is a different color. The general one that I use every single day for just myself is black, but I might get one for Bible study, for example, and it might be red and I might get one for investing and it might be green. And so they come in various colors and I get it from the gallery leather company incorporated in Trenton, Maine. And you can look up their website and order direct from them. You can also order on Amazon. And sometimes if you have a Barnes and Noble or a books a million store in your market, they will have them in a journal section that you can buy. Now you can get all different kinds. A lot of people like very decorative flowery type covers. Other people like plain. Some people like really small ones that they can just stick in their pocket. Other people like large ones. I write really small. So I like one kind of a medium size. Why is journaling such an effective tool? 
That's a question. You know, why is journaling such an effective tool? And I, I will tell you, there are seven key thinking skills that with my clients, we take an assessment and we measure those. And I'll just run through those real fast. Number one is problem solving. Number two is conceptual thinking. Number three is decision making. Number four is continuous learning. Number five is planning and organizing. Number six is creativity. And number seven is futuristic thinking. And those are the seven thinking skills that we constantly talk about and work on. And we try to improve scores on, especially in executive level positions or high performance positions, because everything starts with your thinking. Everything starts in your mind. So we sharpen up those skills. We get the beginning of the process of getting to better performance. I'll quote from Carol Dweck, who is a psychologist who wrote a book called Mindset, one of the most influential, fantastic books that's influenced my work and also the work of my clients. And so here's what Carol had to say in her book. Individuals who believe their talents can be developed through hard work, good strategies, and input from others or coaching have a growth mindset. They tend to achieve more than those with a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset are those who believe their talents are gifts that they had when they were born and they don't really change. This is because they worry less about looking smart and they put more energy into learning. And so one of the ways to put energy into learning and developing those thinking skills I talked about is through journaling, especially conceptual thinking and futuristic thinking and planning and organizing. Those three out of the seven get improved immediately through journaling because conceptual thinking is all about being able to think and grasp concepts or come up with concepts. Continuous learning is all about learning things new and documenting them and retaining the learning and practicing the learning. And futuristic thinking is all about thinking into the future and thinking about how you're going to shape your life six months to six years from now. And journaling, there are ways to use journaling to help that. What are the, some of the other benefits to journaling? Well, it connects the spiritual with the natural. So it takes intangibles that are thoughts and things that are in your mind and in your heart, and it makes them tangible. It brings them into the natural, tangible world. It takes them out of the ether of your thought life and puts them into your physical life by being outside you and being tangible down on paper. It also aligns the language between your heart and your head. And when you're misaligned between your heart and your head, that's very painful. That's why a lot of people stay in what we call limbo. And I hate limbo. It's just that all of these things are just kind of hanging there, just in a continual loop going between your heart and your head. It develops self-awareness. It's the number one CEO skill I maintain. Self-awareness, being highly aware of your thinking and your behavior and your actions because you're making notes and those notes are about yourself, right? It helps you change behavior. It helps you write down reasons why. If you know the why, the how will come. People worry way too much about the how things are going to happen rather than spending time clarifying the why you want it to have happen. 
And when you get down, when you get depressed or when life throws you a curveball, the first thing you need to do is go back to your why. When you don't want to go down to the gym and you don't want to do those reps on the Stairmaster or the treadmill or the bench or the weight machine, go back to why you were working out in the first place. And that reason should clarify and motivate your body to go down there and do the reps. You got to go back to the why. It can help you transform your limiting beliefs. Sometimes we have limiting beliefs. We don't even know they're there, but because we're talking to our coach and we're sharing our thoughts and we're reviewing some of our life experiences and some of the way of the ways we think, some things can come out of that that can present themselves to you and go, huh, maybe that's one of the reasons why I believe that I can't do that. Another thing it can do, and this has been something that's been extremely powerful for me the last six to eight weeks, is it can help you lay down a burden or a problem. Because, again, it gets it from inside you to getting it to outside you. And when you have something outside, it's much easier to process and deal with than when it's just rolling around on the inside you. And sometimes there are problems and difficulties that we just can't seem to get a hold of because they're just in there rolling around. And sometimes also, this is the last one on this particular list, but sometimes it can help overcome a mental or emotional roadblock. So sometimes we have a block in our thinking or in our hearts, and journaling can help us work it out and help us deal with it. Now, I have a basic framework that I give every client to start them. So just kind of the primer on journaling just to get them going, and then their journaling activity just sort of develops, right? We just go with it. Whatever comes out and whatever goes, we just work with it. But to get it started and to help develop the habit of every single day is in the morning, I have them journal. One thing I could really get excited about today is blank. Tell you that again. One thing I really could get excited about today is blank. What does that do? It sets a positive goal for the day, and it works conceptual thinking, it works planning and organizing, and it works futuristic thinking. It gets you excited about something in your day, and everybody needs at least one thing every single day that they're excited when it happens, when it gets here, when it occurs. And then in the evening, so that's projective in the morning. And in the evening, it's reflective, thinking back on the day that just happened. One moment I really appreciated today was blank. And it causes you to reflect on the day and find something in your day that happened that's worth being grateful for and appreciative for. And if it was a person or something that did it, you need to go tell them tomorrow that, hey, you know, yesterday when you said blank or yesterday when you did blank, I just want you to know how much I really appreciate you for that. Don't say you appreciate the thing. Tell them you appreciate them for the thing. It's a huge difference. And then the other thing in the morning for projective, these are my top three priorities today. Number one, number two, and number three. Number one is the thing I have to get done today if nothing else happens. 
this is the number two thing I have to get done today if nothing else happens. And grocery store, email, get the mail, answer someone's email. Those are not things I'm talking about. Those are just little administrative busy things. I'm talking about things that are things that are really pivotal for the day that really can progress you, your thought process, your idea, your project, your company forward. In other words, at the risk of using another cliche, things that move the needle. So in the morning, one thing I could really get excited about today is blank. Here are my top three priorities, one, two, and three. And then in the evening, one thing I could really appreciate about today was blank. Now, that's just the basic framework that I have my clients do every single day to get them going on journaling. Now, as we go and as they develop and as we're going through the process and we're uncovering different things, we could branch off. So let me give you an example. So if a client were to say, I want to be a more focused and intentional leader, I want to be a more focused and intentional leader. Well, here are some things I might have them do in their journal. It just depends. This is all custom work with the client. So there is no cookie cutter for anybody. But one of the most important things is to do the gratitude list. Making the list, and this is not something you repeat every day. It's one thing you keep going in your journal. You find four or five blank pages because hopefully you're going to have enough things to fill up four or five page over time, not just at one sitting, but you're going to start listing all the things you're grateful for. Because when you have a bad day or when you have a down day or when something hits you from out of left field, you want to go back to that gratitude list and reset by reading all the things that you have that you can be appreciative for. I can't tell you how much that list has meant to me over the last six to eight weeks. All right. Here's some other things. One day soon, I want to celebrate blank. What value of our company will I model today? Or what value will I work on today? Or what value will I look for in my people today? I will make today meaningful by doing blank. I will show up to build relationships today by doing and saying blank and blank. So if it were to be a more focused and intentional leader, that would go down that road. If it were someone who needed to boost their self-confidence I might have them journal, what inner critic messages am I listening to and letting hold me back? Because it's building that self-awareness. So that inner critic message voice that probably sounds like, and not trying to lay off unnecessary blame, but it might sound like your mom or your dad. It's almost like the voice sounds just like their voice, right? Why did you do it that way? Or why can't you be more like blah, blah? So it just depends on the situation for this particular person. But I want to catch that voice. I want to document that voice because, again, taking it, making it tangible makes it easier for us to deal with that voice. If I were to let go of my blank belief, what might be possible for me? How do my signature strengths make me successful? So if you're boosting your self-confidence, we might go down that road. And then one more, if I want to develop a growth mindset with a client, what needs work? What is challenging me right now? What's contributed to my situation currently? 
what needs my attention most and others. But that's kind of the tone and tenor. And those are the kind of stems I would use in someone who needs to develop a growth mindset. And the main thing to remember in this and just all coaching is that you can only give a person one or two things to work on. If you give them a list of five, six, seven, ten things that you think they need to do better or they need to change or whatever, they're not going to be able to do those. They're not going to do any of them because you're going to create more overwhelm in their lives and in their work. One or two things to focus on is about as much as any human being can realistically do. I don't care how much you think Elon Musk can run three companies effectively. He just can't. He's got a support system and he's got support people connected to him to help him with that, probably in ways that I don't even understand or know. But I'm just saying general growth rules of thumb you can only be CEO over one thing pretty successfully, right? Unless you're just overseeing. And if you're overseeing, that's different. But he's hands deep and knee deep into those companies. So most human beings can only work on one or two things effectively, especially if it has to do with change. Now, when do I journal? Well, I already told you, you know, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, usually always have my journal with me for classes, seminars, church services, meetings, reading time. If I've got my Kindle out or a book out and I see something highlight or underline, I also make a note of it in my journal. I have strategic thinking time, usually 30 minutes in the morning, which includes my time for goals, my time for visualization, my time for affirmation, my time for prayer. So basically, I have it with me all the time because I never know when something's going to happen where I'm going to need it or I'm going to need to remember something. And there's no telling how many valuable things in my life I thought I could remember and I lost it because I didn't write it down or I didn't make a note of it or whatever. And I can also just whip out my iPhone real quick, make a note in the notes section, and then transfer that to my journal if I have to. What sorts of things do you write in your journal? That's a common question. And I've given you some ideas on some daily rituals and things that you can do. But your strategies, your goals, your story, write your story. Write your story of how things have been. Write your story about how things are. Write your story about how you want things to be. Put your affirmations in there. Put quotes in there, things that inspire you that other people have said. Write notes. I've covered that. Write problems and outcomes and solutions to those problems. Important things that people say to me. I was in the middle of a session the other day, and one of my clients, we were talking about my physical thing, about trying to get my leg better and all, and she said, well, one thing that was shared with me that really helped me was blank. And I'm like, hang on a second. I'm going to write that down. That's fantastic. So I grabbed my journal and wrote it down. People say things to you and you can nod your head, smile and say, oh, that's nice. And it might even really be some meaningful to you. But if you don't stop and write it down by Thursday, you're going to forget it. It's going to be gone. Another thing I do as part of my morning is I always do Bible reading 
And so I will write down the reading that I just read and what that meant to me. And I'll do some notes on the scripture and all of that. And now I've got so many of those, I'm starting to publish those for people. And it's been real helpful for a lot of folks. So it's very, very powerful. It works really, really well. Everyone who has developed it into a habit now will tell you that it is a must, that they must do it. It's like when you get into that rhythm of physical workout and going to the gym, you miss a day, you just are off kilter. You're just off because you didn't go work out. Journaling's the same way. It's one of those daily rhythms that if you miss it, you're going to wish you had done it and you're going to want to try to work it in or whatever. But I can just tell you about it. You're the one that will have to do it. Now, one journaling prompt, and then we'll end today's show, but one journaling prompt that I've been using lately, I published this on Facebook the other day, and I'll mention it here for you just in case we're not connected on social media, but it is, what things do I want to leave behind in 2022? What things do I want to leave behind in 2022? And that's what I call an inversion because in a lot of cases, people would journal, and this is fine, too, to do this. What things do I want to accomplish in 2023 or what things do I want to acquire in 23? It's a forward looking. I inverted it into a reflective and thinking about, OK, when the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve on 2022, these are the things that are going. I want to leave the grief of my father behind. I'm going to miss him every single day that I live, and I love him very much. But this grieving, and people have told me, well, you can't set time limits on that, and you should. And, and I'm just telling you, to each their own, and I know myself better than anybody knows me. And for me, it would work to set a time limit on it and say, okay, I've done, I, I grieved him last night, you know, it's funny. I just sit down in a chair at night and I, everything's fine. I'm not even thinking about it. And then boom, something happens or a trigger goes off in my mind or I think about something and boom, here come the, here come the feelings. And so I grieved him there for 15 or 20 minutes and then I moved on. Right. And so I kind of want to go ahead and be open to that for a certain amount of time to the end of the year. And then I'm ready to move on and stop the grieving process and move on to other things. And again, don't think I'm insensitive or unfeeling because I'm not. I just know myself to know that, okay, I have to set up parameters for myself on this. And I believe I've had enough time now and now it's time to move on. Love him every day. I live miss him every day. I live. But this intense grieving thing, I've got to find an, an end to that and move on to the next thing. So it's one of the things I want, to, I want to leave behind these physical leg issues. I want my healing to be completed. I want to be in a good spot for 2023 so I can get back to a normal as much as normal can be for me. And if there's another stage that we need to go through as far as getting me where I need to be, that's fine. But this thing I've been going through for six to eight weeks, I'm ready to leave that in 2022, right? And there's some other stuff. Your list will be your list. My list is my list. But it's what things do I want to leave behind in 2022? And so that's our show today. I thought I'd cover journaling for you. I thought about a journal being a, a nice Christmas present for that business person. 
on your Christmas list. I have a book. If you're interested, you can go to Amazon. And of course, it's Tony Richards and it's Journal Like a CEO. It's an ebook, Kindle ebook, and it'll work on a Kindle. It'll work on an iPad. It'll work on a laptop if you go and get that from Amazon. And it's very inexpensive, a couple of bucks. 365 journal prompts in there, one for every single day of the year. And a lot of business questions and a lot of personal questions, but it's the 365 best journaling questions that I could come up with. And so I published those in a book, How to Journal Like a CEO. And you can get that in Amazon if you want to buy that as a companion gift for a really nice journal for someone on your Christmas list. Hey, listen, I'm a Christian. I always profess it. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm born again. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He is the reason for Christmas, Christmas. So the whole celebration is about his birth and coming to the earth as a vehicle of salvation for us and connecting us to Father God. And I am thankful for him every single day. There's no way I could live my life without Jesus Christ. And so I am so thankful for him. He is at the number one spot will always be at the number one spot of my gratitude list in my journal. And certainly I respect people of all faiths and I coach people of all faiths. Faith is, is extremely important. And so I totally understand the different kinds of faiths that are out there. I'm just telling you about mine. I am so joyful and thankful for Jesus Christ and especially this Christmas. And so I want to wish you the most merriest of Christmas seasons. I hope you are with loved ones and family. I hope it's the best Christmas ever just for you. Special thanks as always to our super producer, Tessa Hall, who puts these programs together. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards Four. you can join my free Facebook page, Tony Richards speaker, author, coach. And until we visit, Again next week, right here on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network, I'm your host, Master Coach Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.